2: Welcome
3: to the Smirkanish Podcast for independent minds.
2: Hey, this stuff's about to get real. Ron DeSantis will formally announce his presidential campaign next week. Yesterday, he spoke with reporters. The uh, comments that he made to those supporters are in the media now. Essentially, saying, "I'm going to be Trump without his values." You know, so many have said. We've taken so many calls. Uh, I like Donald Trump's policies, I just don't like Donald Trump the man, or I don't like his values, or I don't like his uh, personal life. Say it however you will, and that appears to be where Governor DeSantis is headed. I said last night on CNN, think about it this way. He's going to get into the race extremely well-funded, maybe best ever, in terms of someone who, who gets in with the kind of money that he will have. He comes from a big state something we heretofore would regard it as a swing state. I'm not sure. It seems so red these days. He's got organization in critical states and lots of endorsements. Wait a minute. We have heard this before. That was Jeb Bush. Will it go the same direction, or is he going to pose a significant threat to Donald Trump? Soon we will find out, and of course this comes at the same time that Disney is pulling up stakes with a planned development in Florida That's a headline at Spurconish.com today. Amid ongoing tensions with Ron DeSantis and internal cost-cutting measures, the Walt Disney Company has abandoned its $1 billion investment in establishing a new campus in Lake Nana, Florida. Gary Finout knows all of the above. He is a political reporter in Florida, and he's been here before, and we appreciate his insights. Gary, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on. I had wondered, uh, not recently, but I had wondered a month or two ago when, when Trump was turning his guns, politically speaking, toward Ron DeSantis. Is DeSantis really going to get into this? Does he really need it? He's a young guy. There are three decades of cycles in front of him if he wants there to be. Why would he step into the cage with Donald Trump when Trump has made it obvious he'll, he'll go to any level in terms of defeating him? But now we know he's getting in next week.
4: Right and I, and I think you and I had previously kind of discussed this uh, uh, on the air prior, uh, previously would it's just a matter of the timing of it and I think there's a feeling in his, there has been a feeling in his camp for a long time now that this is kind of their moment that if you wait uh, he would be it would be after he was out of the, the, the governor's mansion in Florida, wouldn't have quite the springboard and, and platform and I mean you know and I'm sure you, you've probably talked about it is, you know, this past session in which the legislature did basically almost everything he wanted. And so he's got all this stuff that he can run on and he, and he can point to this record. And of course he's also coming off uh, a, a big win in November. So, I mean, all of it seems to be like, well, I, you know, they, I guess they've decided that they think that there's an opening. I mean, his people have also cited polls and things of that nature in certain particular battleground States or early States that kind of said, look, we think we line up well against Biden. We think we, we, we line up, and that they also point to, look, there's a sliver of the population, the Republican populace, that, that basically wants an alternative. So I think they see all those items as, as, as going into their favor. now. And they are going to have a lot of money. Um, but you're also going up against Donald Trump, a person who, as we've seen of late, including the CNN town hall, he, uh, he can be a buzzsaw.
2: That record that he's established in Florida from a distance, I mean you're you're much closer to it. You've spent a long time in the Tallahassee Bureau of the Associated Press, you've worked in the Miami Herald, the Times regional newspaper group, the Daytona Beach News Journal, the Tallahassee Democrat, you know the political landscape of that state. But from a distance, it seems like the things that he's accomplished bode well in a primary, but not so much in a general election. Am am I putting too much emphasis on the so-called don't say gay bill and other issues?
4: Oh, I think that's a key question. I think that remains a key question in terms of if he gets to the Republican primary. And you know the answer that I've gotten from some of his folks were basically like, "Well, we got to get through the primary,
2: right? We'll worry about that when they... we get there,
4: right?" I mean, and if you can see what he's doing, I mean, he kind of, um, you know, not he has not been uh, previously sort of, you know, um, you know, matching up against uh, against Trump directly. But you saw it earlier this week. He kind of made some comments about abortion, and is a six-week abortion man that he recently signed. I think they're probably going to make an issue with guns. I mean, I, so you know, you're going to see the areas in which they're going to try to. Outflank donald trump to the right and and now the question is how does that play in a general well yeah i mean we'll see i mean because there are you know if you if you look at the polling and stuff like that some of the stances that he's taken are not a, are not in agreement with uh, the electric as a whole but i guess they feel like for the purposes of a state like iowa that that they think it's going to help them
2: Gary, I saw a full screen, and I have a copy of it in front of me because Axios ran it. It's a full screen of DeSantis's conservative bills, and this is from the source is CNN. Uh, republished then at Axios. But here's just an indication of what I'm talking about. So what's the so-called record? Signed six-week abortion ban, ended concealed weapons permits, banned gender-affirming care for trans youth, restricted drag shows, expanded don't-say-gay law, blocked AP African-American studies, and prohibited vaccine mandates. You can't sell that where I am in the Philly burbs.
4: Well, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm intrigued by some of the stuff. I mean, I think I, I I do think the COVID stuff and his record on on COVID nineteen and his handling in businesses, uh, I think there are indications that that may have a broader appeal uh, than just the Republican base. I mean, I think the I think the anti-vax status and everything like that that clearly is something geared primarily to uh, the skeptics who are who are on the conservative side. So, but uh, I mean, yeah, your point is real, well taken. I, I mean, I think. I think there's some of the stuff that, I mean, I think we saw Glenn Youngkin's victory in Virginia and things of that nature. I think there are people in the Republican side who feel like some of these issues, especially in education and parental rights and things of that nature, which I have drawn a, a, a lot of scorn and controversy from the, the, from the people on the left and from Democrats and from advocates of the LGBTQ community. The, the, thing, the thing is, is that I think there's a question as to how does the middle feel about that? And, and when you say things like parental rights, which, of course, the critics called it Don't Say Gay, it's like, how is that going to play out? But to your broader point, I mean, I think there are many of those bills, yes. I think that they they could be problematic in a general election um, and, in, and in those in the swing state. And, and, you know, Pennsylvania being a – you know, that's going to be a battleground. I mean, we know that the, the, the election – is likely going to be one in Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. And so, yes, that stuff matters.
2: Well, maybe this was cobbled together to the list that I read from to make him look rather extreme. How would he counter that? I mean, based on what you've seen of DeSantis, if he were trying to appeal to centrists, his response would be what? Okay, maybe those things are are part of my legislative record. But over here, I've got another list of accomplishments that you might be interested in.
4: No, I think there are items that they can use to try to appeal to the middle. I mean, I think that uh, he he spent a lot of time and effort on Everglades restoration. Uh, he has uh, boosted teacher pay. That's been a big priority of his, and, and it, it was an interesting tack to take because in the past, Republicans in Florida kind of said, well, that's a local issue. That's not our issue. We don't want the state doing that. And right now, the, the budget that he is like is about to sign has a has billion dollars set aside for teacher pay. So it, there are items like that that he's going to use. What, what's interesting is that people don't probably don't realize this is that, um, is that in his first year in office he did attempt to moderate, and that but that things really changed during COVID, and then that kind of then he went from COVID into the culture wars and things of that nature. Um, but I also would say that part of the argument that these people are going to make. Is that, you know, or part of the argument he's going to make, because he's made it multiple times, is like, well, you know, I'm going to stand up for something and you're going to know what I believe in. And he thinks that the electorate will respond to that. I, I mean, you know, I think time will tell. I mean, I think they you know, the results of the midterms suggested that some of these positions may prove hard to sell in other parts of the country. Um, I mean, I think, and, and I would also say that the, you know, the, the victory in Florida. Let's make no mistake, it, it was probably going to be a DeSantis' victory <laughs> no matter what. Um, but, you know, the Democrats stayed home, and, uh, and there was no really national uh, help. In, in the, and I also think, again, I think the fact that a lot of people viewed DeSantis as he kept businesses open, he helped the economy. I mean, that was a big part of his sell. Um, but then, you know, are other parts of his sell, like his battle with Disney and, and what have you like that, uh, you know, it's it's a question as to how are you know how are people in the suburbs? How are how are, are those moderate voters, the people who live in the suburbs? How are they going to view all of this?
2: And I want to ask Gary Fine out, Politico reporter based in Florida, about that as well. Do you think that DeSantis regrets having uh, confronted Disney?
4: Uh, well, I don't I don't know if he does yet. I mean, I, I what I would tell you is, is that it's, it has become part of his brand. It's become part of his identity. And you know, the the, the interesting little backstory of all of that is that the legislation that, that triggered all of this wasn't a DeSantis priority. It, it, it you know that kind of gets lost in the in everything that's happened. That bill, that legislation, was something that was drawn up by Republicans in the state house. And then basically, what happened is is that DeSantis got asked about it. And he generally defended it, and then he became he became the face of the bill and then when the criticism uh, started mounting, and then Disney chimed in, it was sort of like he was the he suddenly became the person who was at the top of the you know in 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 the in the midst of the fight and then of course, as we've seen he he's made a part of his identity, he's continued to fight with them, they've retaliated, he's retaliated i mean we got lawsuits galore um I mean we had the news yesterday which the news yesterday is not a direct 100% reaction to what was going on. It, there were financial considerations at play here and and that needs to be reinforced. It wasn't, you know, just Disney doing this because they're mad at DeSantis. I mean, they're doing it because it was started under, uh, under Iger's predecessor. It was not something that appeared to be going well. So, but, the long and short of it is, uh, I don't know where this is going to end. I mean, uh, this thing could be tied up in court for years, and and who knows who's going to wind up winning.
2: By the way, to your point about there being more reasons for Disney pulling out, their shares closed at ninety four dollars yesterday. That's down forty five percent from two years ago. So they've had their financial struggles, and the idea that they wouldn't spend a billion dollars, I'm sure, as you say, has has more to do with more than just the politics as an explanation can i just back up one moment and i'll I'll let you go i appreciate you being so gracious with your time when you when you share with us the insight that this was really not a bill that he was the so-called don't say gay was really not a priority of his to begin with is it revealing in that when he then latched onto it and was challenged he didn't back off at all but instead engaged and fought is that more of what we can expect from him
4: Oh, I mean, I think that's part of what he views as his as his way of dealing with things. I mean, he right. You know, he, I mean, look. What's the name of his super PAC? Never back down. I mean, so. Right. I mean, so they've. He, I mean, clearly they've adopted part of the playbook that has been part of the Donald Trump playbook, which is why this primary is going to be so fascinating. Is is that is basically you know you have the you have the master and the apprentice, and you know, is the apprentice going to? <laughs> going to have the ability to take out the master. And I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think obviously all the polling right now suggests that Trump has a pretty comfortable lead. But like I said, the DeSantis people feel that there are openings. They feel there are places that they can outflank him and they they think they've got, you know, there's enough people out there who want something different.
2: I mean, they're not dissuaded by consistent polls. It's not a one-off that shows it a roughly 50 to 25 or 30. That's what all the polls consistently are showing. They're not intimidated by that.
4: Yeah, but I think, I think yes, I think, but, and, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not uh, espousing this viewpoint. Sure. I'm really yeah. communicating with you what they think. I think they think a couple of things. They would tell you, well, look, but there's, a, there's like a third of the Republican electorate or more that doesn't want it.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: it's not it's not 80 or 90 percent that want him it's like 60 it's 50 to 60 percent and and DeSantis isn't even in the race yet so I think they I think they look at that and then I think they look at the polls in individual states they look at the polls in in New Hampshire and Iowa and other early states and they think no we think they they think they have room to maneuver so I that's part of the thing yeah and again they're going to spend a lot of money now I mean as just a an observer of all of this i mean what i'm really going to be interested in is once he gets into the race uh and i've been in i have every indication that he's going to do this he's going to have to engage trump more directly i don't think anyone d- d- doubts that so how is that going to play out what is that going to look like what happens if trump i know he's been toying with not doing the debates what happens but i i have to sort of think in the back of my mind given the given the kind of guy he's shown the electorate over the last, you know, six, seven years. Do you really think that Donald Trump's going to turn down an opportunity to be on stage with Ron DeSantis? I mean, I just I just it seems implausible, right? I mean, it, it well, like I think his
2: confidence was bolstered by the way he thinks that the CNN event played for him, Trump. So if he needed if he needed a shot of encouragement, I think he just got it.
4: Right, but that's what. I'm, so what I'm saying is, is that so I don't know how DeSantis is going to do in that format. I don't know how he's going to do when he interacts, and more importantly, once he becomes a candidate. And like I said, I've I've talked to people in his orbit who said, oh no, he's going to be he's going to be different once he becomes a candidate. <sighs> so then what we're going to see is what is the messaging they're going to use? How is he going to fight back? How is that going to go over? And and that's what is going to be sort of you know the the drama and the. The, the spectacle uh, in the weeks and months to come.
2: Gary, that was an excellent report. I really, really appreciate your work, and I thank you so much. I
4: thank you for having me on.
2: Gary Fineout is a Politico reporter based in Florida, you can tell, with great insight into what's going on in the Sunshine State. Uh, poll question today is not master and apprentice, but it's close. It's on the same subject area, and dare I tell you, we're almost already exceeding the vote of yesterday's poll question, which I understood because it required a little bit of explanation, it was a little more esoteric. No, today is pretty straightforward and simple. Who wins, Disney or DeSantis? Disney or DeSantis? I thought there was a lot of good insight that, that Gary just offered to us, and I hope you'll, uh, I hope you'll be up for a round of calls about what's to come. Ron DeSantis is formally getting in next week. He is not intimidated by the fact that all the polls show him at, you know, 25 percent to Donald Trump's 50. Maybe he's at 30. He's engaged in Disney. He's not backing off in that. I thought I just learned something from my guest. I didn't recognize that the so-called don't say gay bill, that which limited classroom instruction about gender identity, not really a priority of his. But once he became associated with it and once it became controversial, then, you know, he would not back down
0: That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.
2: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. What's about to happen next week? Ron DeSantis formally gets into the race. No more speculation he's in. Kelly, you're in Huntsville, Alabama. What do you see?
3: Hi. um, What I think is that Trump's numbers are overinflated. I I think he's not the same guy as he was last time around. Um, I just thought his performance, at the town hall wasn't as sharp, um, really, you know, just hard to really like him there. Um, And I think DeSantis has more going for him than he's getting credit for. And I think he would do fine in a debate if Trump would debate him. Um, And one last thing, I think um, as far as Disney and DeSantis, I think it'll be a compromise in the end. I don't think that either side is going to fully come out victor in the situation but maybe it'll lean toward DeSantis.
2: The idea of a Florida governor taking on Disney 5 years ago, 10 years ago would have been unheard of. It just speaks to how far yeah. everything has shifted and how polarized everything has become and I I look at it and I say this is DeSantis if I if I want to be cynical and and just assess the politics, put aside the merits and just Imagine how he would evaluate the political upside and downside. I see a guy who is wagering that it's more valuable to Republican primary and caucus voters that he be engaged in the culture wars, less important that he be perceived as pro-business Uh, even for a large and significant corporation like Disney. I mean, you know, Republican, part of the brand forever has been that they are the corporate party. They're on the side of lower taxes and job creation, et cetera, et cetera. cetera. And he's drawn a line in the sand with, of all things, the Walt Disney Corporation.
3: Yeah, and I think you're right there. Um, uh, One thing, though, I think a lot of these corporations are forgetting is that as consumers, we... We don't want them in politics. We, you know, we want to just to go maybe enjoy Disney. We don't want to know, you know, where they stand on something. Uh,
2: Well, Budweiser, Budweiser, Budweiser drinkers came to the same conclusion in the whole transgender Dylan Mulvaney episode. And and they paid significantly with it. I'm, I'm sure they would all like to sit it out, but more and more, thank you, Kelly. More and more, there's pressure brought by affinity groups that demand to know where they stand. Matthew, greetings in Morris, New Jersey, or pardon me, New York. What are you thinking today? Hey, Michael. Hey, I'm, a, I'm a former Republican, an independent in upstate New York, and I was just curious what you thought of
7: uh, DeSantis entering the race. What that does to uh, Nikki Haley and say like an Asia Hutchinson, a more moderate candidates if if DeSantis and Trump are slugging it out do
2: you think it changes their odds or potentially increases their odds and also what do you think their uh their possibilities are with the uh general election I think that well uh, you're you're back to that that old issue of those who would be stronger general election candidates can't make it out of the primary process that goes for extremists on both sides of the aisle meaning I I look at the Pennsylvania uh, Connor Lamb example, where that guy would have been such a strong general election candidate, but couldn't make it out of the primary process. It's the same, I think, here in that Nikki Haley I or uh, Tim Scott, I think would be very strong general election candidates. But I don't think they're far enough to the right to appease and, and don't have enough of the it factor to appease, you know, the, the Trump base. That's how I look at it. Um, there are many who are just waiting to see if, if something will take Trump down, not necessarily DeSantis, but more the legal system, and I think are eager to get into this, but aren't going to get into it like a Chris Christie unless they see a sign that there's really a break. I don't know okay. if that's a specific answer to your question, but everybody's going to wait and see what happens now when, I like the way Gary Finout said it, the master and the apprentice go at it.
6: Right, right, correct. Okay, well,
2: thank, thank you. you. So- yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it very much. Make sure you're voting. Many, many have already on the poll question today at Smirconish.com.
0: This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius X- Spring? Is that you?
2: Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. A conservative Dave is standing by to say that the national media is full of crap when discussing Ron DeSantis. Do explain, Dave. Go ahead.
7: Yes, I thought it was a great interview with your guest because he clarified the bullshit narrative by the media now that, oh, my God, political retribution by Disney. And this could be anything further from the truth. Could there be an element of it? Yes. But it's total bullshit narrative. It's the same bullshit narrative of don't play games. How many times
2: do you think? How many honest. times do you think you're going to work that in? I'm I'm up to three so far.
7: I don't know. What's the limit that I get?
2: <laughs> I, I you know what? Until I until I run out of patience. There's there's none imposed by okay. the house, which is a which is a good thing. Okay, okay. let me ask you this. I, I get your complaint. I, I was going to say this. So I read to him. The list that was published by Axios, I have it right in front of me, because the way yes. the national media sums up the record, it is the abortion ban, the concealed weapon permit being ended, the transgender affirming care for trans youth, the restriction of drag shows, the expanded don't say gay law, uh, the AP African-American studies and the prohibitions of vaccine mandates. So are you telling me that's not an accurate narrative? There's more to it. That's going to be more centrist. What exactly is your bottom line?
7: Correct. It needs to be much more nuanced. So let's just deal with the COVID. Yeah. You get to be able to compare and contrast his management of COVID with alcohol, draconian lockdowns. He has a clear story. His management of the economy, the number one item always. How did he win by 20 points? He had to have conservatives, liberals. Independents, white, college-educated females, the suburban, African Americans, Latinos. How did he win by 20 points if based on the coverage? He's such a terrible individual.
2: And Horrible, and Dave, uh, Dave, I'm going to make your point and say and and in a cycle that was none too friendly to Republicans. I mean, against the Without tide, him. he had he had an unbelievable victory. You got to give him credit for that. And you raise a great question: How did he do it? How did he do and it, Char- he Charlie? Charlie Crist.
7: How would he Go look ahead. on a stage with Joe Biden? What would that contrast look like? If he were on the stage, Joe Biden were on the stage.
2: Well, we're first going to see him, I hope, on a stage with Donald Trump. But your points are all uh, they're all well made. I mean, they're all they're all fair. Three times is what he tapped out on. Three, three times. He, uh, uh, this is in Orlando, Florida, another Floridian in Nick. Nick, what are you thinking? And you just heard that call. So-called conservative Dave. Did he get it right?
5: Well, listen, the, the gap is going to narrow because Trump is so odious. But I, I wanted to just say this about DeSantis. Yeah. Uh, homeowner's insurance is a real crisis here. Uh, I have a home that's not even worth 400000 The insurance bill went from 1979 to 5300 in one year. That's a lot of money. It's crushing the middle class. And it, it's right at the doorstep of the legislature and the governor. It doubled before any hurricanes. Um, and it's not focused on, and somebody's going to shine a light on that because it's crushing the middle class, and it needs to be explored. And so his management of the economy is, you know, not as great. Why? As
2: well, think. why didn't that? Okay, why didn't he pay a price for that in his own reelection? Well, it's, it, it hasn't
5: yet, but this year the increases are a hundred percent. I'm telling you, I talked to—I live in a county that's seventy percent Trump, but. Everyone. I had a neighbor here who said, I'm holding DeSantis responsible for this, even though he I like everything else he's done. You're so,
2: definitely you're definitely not. It an, yeah, you're not the first to bring it to my attention. I, I I've heard from many Floridians <laughs> who have raised this issue. Previous. The question is, why didn't it cost him more in the gubernatorial race? I don't know. Mark, you're in Wausau, Wisconsin. Greetings. Go ahead.
7: Hey, I just had a thought about uh, Trump and DeSantis. Now, Trump can't be – he has to be taken down by somebody attacking him directly. That's the only way it will happen. And DeSantis is one of the few people that probably have the funds to do it at this point. My thoughts are I could see a scenario where DeSantis would attack Trump. uh, Republican voters would tire on him or or subconsciously maybe even just go, well, I can't, you know, whatever, sell on him. And yet, they're not going to vote for Desantis because that's the guy that took down my guy, and then that third guy, whoever you and Mark Halpern are talking about, or a woman,
5: rises up.
2: So you think it opens an, a lane? These the master and the apprentice uh, go at it, and and all they do is take each other down and create opportunity for someone else to emerge. Possibility, I can't tell you you're wrong. It's it's just too hard to predict.
3: The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds.
0: Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app.
3: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube,
6: and at
0: Smirconish.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is where are you taking them? Experience how AllBirds redefines comfort. Visit AllBirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A L L B I R D S.com, code SUPER24.
1: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing.